Alrighty, welcome to the My Age Podcast, the podcast that brings you conversations with people from all walks of life, using music to plot a course from their early years to how they got to where they are now. Welcome back to episode two of the top ten, my top ten lists of 2019, um, the year of our dog, 2019. Uh, if you, hopefully you liked the last episode, thanks to everybody just kind of sending in their lists or saying they listened or digging it or whatever. Um, it's always really appreciated to kind of hear what everyone's thoughts are and what I've missed and what I should have been checking out or all that kind of jazz. So there's that. <coughs> um, this, as you would have seen by the title, this is the quote-unquote hardcore episode. So it's, um, you know, all those bands that kind of fell into that umbrella. Um, there's probably a few bands that will end up in the mixed bag next week or in the punk one last week. Actually, not really in the punk one last week, but... The mixed bag next week that could also be could have also been in this category, but I just wanted to keep it ten, ten, and ten. So you know, I didn't want to have eight one week and then twelve the next because that's that doesn't work, does it? It's not, you know, it's not very symmetrical. It's not very con, you know, confluent. Is that a word? Well, it is now. It just, you know, we'll just make it simple. We won't overcomplicate things. Alrighty, so and a big shout out to everybody. Like I tried to reach out to a lot of bands. Um, who I'm having, who I've picked, so we can kind of like what we did, like what you would have heard last week if you listened to last week's uh, episode. Uh, we had Adrian Kelly, former guest of the pod, um, Shred Lord, and whatnot from uh, Beer Wolf, and he talked about his track. Um, and so yeah, I reached out to a lot of bands for this week's episode, and I think four, I had like four people, four out of ten. That's not too bad. Uh, kind of get at me. Um, which, you know, hopefully that means as well in the future you'll hear episodes. Actually, yeah, I'm lining up a few episodes um, from four, four, well from a few of the people who I talked to this week. And as well as that, if you are if you stick around to the end, you'll hear a special um, a sneak preview, if you will, of a guest who I'm going to be having on, who's, you know, whose episode I've already recorded, it's already in the bag, but that will be the first episode of January 2020. Um, because their band, I you know, made my list, and we had a big talk as we do, um, and I just kind of cut a snippet of the episode and stuck it before uh, we talk about his song or their song. So yeah, there's that. Um, if you like what you hear, let me know. If I've missed something, which I definitely have, because so much stuff came out this year, it's fucking unbelievable. Um, but this was my. Well, you know, it's obviously my list, but this is kind of what set it off with me. Um, you know, the hardcore umbrella is very, very broad and I'm not really into metal or metallic stuff that much. Um, so a lot of that stuff didn't really kind of hit my radar. Um, it hit a lot of people's radars. It's just it's not what I'm into. So that is what it is. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Um, look, fuck, we'll just kick it off with the first song. So this one came out in, I think it was January. This was this band actually only just released one single the whole year. And to me, it was one single more than what I thought they'd uh, release ever. Uh, the band is called Rotting Out and the song is called Reaper. Um, I guess it's the first thing they kind of released. I don't know if they broke up or they called it a hiatus or whatever. Um, the singer went to jail, did some time in jail, or went to college actually. Did some time in college. Um, 
if you watch The Irishman, you might get that reference or, you know, whatever. It may be just a popular reference. Um, <coughs> by the way, the, yeah, so when this song came out, I was like, oh, this is fucking fantastic because they were one of my favourite hardcore, Rotting Out are one of my favourite hardcore bands and so any new material from them is by default, I'm going to really, really like it. Uh, the, the, yeah, look, it's a one try. I don't even know if it was released physically, but it was definitely, you know, I'm sure you could buy it on a band camp and it was, it's streaming all over the, all the platforms. So yeah, cool. This band's writing out. The song is called Reaper. So that was, uh, as I said, riding out with Reaper. Fucking what a banger. Um, again, I was kind of, well, one song's more than I expected of 2019 from riding out. Um, so, you know, beggars can't be choosers. But I was also then surprised that nothing, I, to my knowledge, nothing else came out. Um, which, you know, I'm crossing everything I got that they do something next year because fucking what a band okay so this next band is called Wildside. my phone's just going off there um this next band is called Wildside um from toronto i think some members are from new york as well like whatever part of toronto connects up with new york or maybe i'm just completely fucking tripping um the lp is called who the hell is Wildside? And you can purchase it if you are that way inclined from Triple B Records, like I did. Um, I this one's got some of the coolest artwork on it um, because it looks that good. It looks photoshopped. It isn't photoshopped, but it actually looks photoshopped. Um, the band or the label or some yeah someone associated hired uh, hired out a billboard with a huge sign on it that says "Who the hell is Wildside." which is their artwork cover. And supposedly their record release um, LPs had a special cover, which is the same photo, but taken at night of the um, same building with the artwork on it, the 
billboard on it. And it looks fucking great. Um, I came across this band because of the Blink-155 podcast, as odd as that sounds. Um, they had the guitarist, whose name I can't remember at this very moment, on as a guest. And, yeah, it I was like, that guy sounds cool. I'll check it out, see what's up. They may have even played a song, or maybe they didn't. I don't know. Um, anyhow... This song's cool. It's got bounce. Um, it's just fun. The be- the again, the band is called Wildside. The album is called Who the Hell Is Wildside, and the song I went for is called No Man's Ho. Okay, next next band we're going to go with um, is a band that released an EP. I'm going to call it an EP because it's six tracks and it's uh, 17, oh, a bit shy of 70 minutes long. Um, but the band is called One Step Closer. They actually got a big up in the Bob Shed episode of the My Age podcast. Uh, Bob Shed is one of the three hosts on the Axe Grind podcast. So, you know, he knows a thing or two about a thing or two. And so, you know, what... <clears throat> By the way, one thing I think that may have suffered, not not to say take anything or anything at all away from the music from this, but um, if this doesn't make people's top ten lists of the year, then I think the reason would be the timing it came out. Uh, it came out in January, like really early January, um, and I think that not that list mean two parts of fuck all. Let's get that like, yeah, you know, let's get that out of the, out of the way. Um, it's just something I do. Just to you know, just to recap, and some people find a lot of value in it because um, 
not everybody can listen to everything and be across absolutely everything. So, you know, if you take something away from this, then fucking cheering. Um, but yeah, it came out really early this year and I don't know. I feel like, I feel like maybe there's a bit of light, like jet lag of like Christmas and New Year's and that kind of thing. And then if you release an album too quick, I think it kind of gets buried in the fact that people might be burning out. Maybe that's an Australian thing because it's summer down here and it's, um, you know, people out and about and doing the damn thing. Um, but yeah, of who the fuck, you know, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so like I think if it, if it gets left, left off list, that's the reason why because it should be on there because it's fucking great. Um, the EP is called From Me To You, actually. And another, someone I talked to in a, well, you'll hear soon enough, actually big ups this EP as well and the band. So, you know, I'm not alone in this um, and I'm sure, you know, there's a lot of people who dig it. Anyhow, I'm digesting. Uh, one Step Closer, From Me To You and this a song I went with is a song called The Reach. Do you? 
Cool. So with me on the line now, I've got Drew from St. Louis. Look, my, my knowledge of St. Louis hardcore is very thin. Thin enough that this is the only band that I know exists out there, but I'm sure we're going to find out about a lot more about St. Louis in the next few minutes um, and their music. So I've got Drew from um, Time and Pressure. And luckily, well, and yeah, we're going to talk about the their newest album, which is the Gateway City Sound. So how you doing, mate? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Very good. Thank you. So, what, like, I remember, I'm not sh- I'm sure I heard it on an Axe to Grind listening party. I could be wrong, but I think that's where I kind of, that's where I first heard your band. And I was so amazingly stoked in it because I'm, ne- like, I'm pushing 40. And when I was kind of coming up through hardcore, American Nightwear were a huge thing, obviously, for a lot yeah. of people. But, like, and that's, and that's the sound that I kind of will naturally gravitate to. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, wow. This is, I feel like this is something similar, but yet something a bit different that it kind of, it's not a blatant ripoff. Is that a good way to kind of describe what you, what you guys are aiming for? Yeah. Um, I think I, it's, it's kind of strange because like, I don't think that anyone in our band, I don't think that anyone in our band would cite American Nightmare as a direct influence. Okay. Um, um, I definitely, I, I don't know. I mean, I definitely take influence from like Wes's, uh, lyrics. Um, I think that he had, uh, or he has, I guess they're, they're kind of still a band again. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think that they, uh, his lyrics have a very specific kind of like, um, they're, it's a very specific quality to them that they're like kind of abstract, but at the same time, like if you really look at them closely, you can kind of figure out like what situations he's talking about. Yeah. But they're, but they're like pulled far enough away that, um, they seem a little bit more, uh, a little bit less specific, um, to where they can kind of apply to a variety of situations. Yeah. You can kind um, of interpret them as you, if, yeah, you can get different interpretations of them depending on which way you kind of look at it. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, but yeah, like American Nightmare, you know what? Actually, uh, I'll come out and say it. Like, I did not like American Nightmare until about four years ago. Yeah, right. Um, what was the, what was I, it, I, what didn't you like? And then what was the, cha- what made you change your mind? I have no idea what it, what it was that I didn't like. I really don't. Um, I, it, it could be that just like, um, on background music and everything before his, his voice is very like, um, it, it's, it's very hard to distinguish like what it is he's saying a yeah. lot of the time. Yeah. Um, and when I was first kind of like getting into hardcore, uh, that was something that I really just did not like. Um, I always liked bands that were influenced by American Nightmare. So I'd always see their name around, like circling around certain bands, but uh, it wasn't until like I was about four years ago, I was in a record store and I found uh, used copies of like the reissues of both background music and uh, we're down to our underground. So they, they didn't say American Nightmare on them. They said, give up the ghost. Yeah, right. Um, but uh, they, they were real cheap and I was just like, eh, you know, I'm sad right now. I'll buy these. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I bought them and then I was just kind of like, I should probably listen to these if I'm, uh, if I'm going to own these records. So I gave it a shot and I was just like immediately hooked. Yeah. And like that summer, I pretty much listened to nothing but, um, uh, uh, American nightmare and the last blacklisted record. And that was it. There you go. That's, that's fantastic. So, okay. What, I guess 
without sounding too cheesy, uh, what were the influences that kind of, when you started the band, what, what was the kind of influences you were going for in the sound? Um, we really, I mean, like the same era of stuff for sure. Um, like Carry On and Count Me Out were like the two biggest on us. Um, and I think that, I mean, you can listen to some of our songs and really hear that, you know, those, a lot of those guitar parts are, are coming straight from that sound. In fact, uh, Todd Jones, who played guitar in Carry On, yep. uh, has heard at least one of our songs. We know that for sure because he mentioned it on some interview that he did where he was just like, oh, yeah, I heard this this band from St. Louis that has a song that opens with a part that I wrote. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, they liked my band. And <laughs> <laughs> like he's, he basically just calls us out for ripping him off. And we're just like, yep, we did. But like in theory, there's your there's a long line of people across all the projects he's ever done that, you know, have taken some kind of inspiration from a riff he's done, whether it, yeah, whether it be in Carry On, um, but uh, I think he was in Betrayed, you know, yeah. Terror, all that kind of, yeah, he's, yeah, he can write a riff or two. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Sure. And like, we're not, we are not the kind of band that's like going to try to hide our influences at all. Like we, we have no delusions about like, oh yeah, we heard this part and we thought we could do something like that. You know, like it would, I think it's really silly when bands try to hide their influences and be like, oh, we're, we're doing something new. We're being original. It's just like you're playing hardcore. You're not yeah. doing either of those things. We're not unfortunately reinventing the wheel. Yeah, I feel you with that. Yeah, no. I mean, any any form of art in general that's based around a specific genre is going to have tropes of that genre. Yeah. I mean, if you're if you're looking at you know movies like sci-fi movies are going to have something from another sci-fi movie in them. It's just that's the way that it goes. And I don't think that people should be afraid of that. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good spin on that kind of, that conversation to have. Yeah. So, um, we kind of touched on it briefly, but I think like, I, yeah, I'd really like to dig into, cause I was really impressed when I saw it. Um, you guys as part of St. Louis hardcore, the St. Louis hardcore scene have adopted a road, which, when we kind of briefly touched on it earlier, the the my knack, my lack my sorry, the depth of knowledge I have of road adoptions in the U.S. is the episode of Seinfeld where Kramer um, <laughs> yeah. does it himself. Talk me through talk me through that process, and I mean you you know, without getting too deep and the thought behind it and that kind of thing. Well, I mean, um, I don't know a whole lot about the actual process of it because our our guitar player James was the one who really did everything um, as far as like. Uh, getting the whole thing set up, doing the paperwork, applying for it, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's totally, it's a totally free thing to do. All you have to do is just fill out some paperwork and, uh, the, you know, state department of transportation, um, provides materials to you and you just do some, uh, cleanup every couple of weeks and, they uh, they pick up your the garbage that you pick up. Um, it's actually a pretty easy process from what I understood, you know, just kind of hanging off on the sidelines. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's quick. Well, I can't say it was quick because it took longer than we thought it would to but get one, everything processed. But, but once everything's kind of run through the, run through the red tape, it's a pretty easy yeah, process. Yeah. I mean, it took, 
we got we got a group we've we've you know gone out there and cleaned up uh get a group together it takes maybe an hour at most um to just go and pick up some garbage and try to you know leave that part of the road looking a little bit better yeah than uh than it was when you got there giving um and that's really i mean that's that's the idea behind why james wanted to do it it was just you know he he's big on this idea of trying to make things better than whenever you uh whenever you got there yeah um and that's been his that's kind of been his uh philosophy behind like you know booking shows in town and uh and trying to do like community outreach too. Cause he does, I mean, he does other stuff like, uh, he, every now and then he'll do like toy drive shows around Christmas time. He'll do, uh, where like, you know, you bring a toy, you get it for free or something like that. Yeah. And then he and he and I in the past have organized shows where we've like taken money for, um, women's shelters. We, a couple of years ago, there was a pretty bad hurricane in Texas and we raised some money for, um, uh, like hurricane relief for the people who were affected by that. Yeah. Just little stuff like that. It's a, it's a, it's a fantastic way to kind of, I guess, put your, put your money where your ethos, put, you know, st- like stand by your convictions and what, I guess this music and alternative, well, yeah, punk and hardcore kind of was always meant to be like, there was meant to be that kind of social commentary or social kind of betterment of, yeah, so it's it's a really easy way, and it's a fantastic way to kind of put your money where your mouth is and be like, no, 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 we're not, we aren't just selling merch and you know that kind of jazz. Like we are actually trying to make this a better place for future generations yeah. and current generations. Yeah, and uh, I mean it's kind of cool. Like oh, a few, a few, uh, a couple months ago, I was uh, I was with a girl I liked, and we were driving down a stretch of the highway, and I was just like, oh, hey, this is my part of the highway. That's a pretty cool story. She's, yeah. She's like, what is that? What do you mean by that? And I was like, yeah, look at the sign. And she looked at it and I was like, all right, I can't take all the credit. It's not just me, but like, I'm part of that. Yeah. That's good. And like the sign looks fantastic. The The actual sign itself, it's so, like it, it's almost, it, to me, it almost looks Photoshopped. Like, hey, this would be a great idea. Let's pretend that we sponsored this part of the freeway, but it's yeah. legit. So yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, there's just, I mean, if you, if you come to some part of northern St. Louis, there is a, there's a sign, a couple signs that say, like, you know, adopt a highway. This highway belongs to St. Louis Hardcore. That's fucking fantastic. Sick. So, um, what about influences on, on the new record? Like, have you, do you feel like your sound has changed much, kind of, over the, over your, the span of the band's life? Or, like, and if so, what was that direct, like, have there been member changes that have kind of brought that on, or... What's the, um, is there any kind of vibe there? Yeah, for sure. Um, we, so like the, the original demo, which is like, that's the B side of the record. Um, yeah, well actually we before you go on, I th- I wasn't aware of that, but then I, like I was listening to it with headphones and I was really like properly taking it in. It wasn't just a thing that was on while I was driving. And right. There is definitely a shift in both sound and song structure or song structure is probably not the right word but like it, it definitely has a, a half time like you know halfway through it it has a different feel to it right yeah yeah it does i mean it's it's uh we so we did our original demo and then um uh the owner of safe inside records 
kind of hit us up and was like, Hey, can I put out this demo on a tape? And we were like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. And, um, it did pretty well. And then like, he wanted to do, uh, he wanted to put out whatever we did next. So, um, we were having the conversation about like what comes next. We were just on going under the understanding that it was going to be a seven inch and we were just going to do like, you know, six songs. And then about a month before we actually went to record them, he had the idea of, he basically was just like, we did a quick run of those tapes. I like those songs. I think we should put that on the other side and just make it a 12 inch. Right. Okay. And we were, all, yeah. we were kind of, yeah, we were all just like, all right, cool. Cause I mean, I like those songs a lot. Um, even still. So to have more people hear them was cool to me. The only thing I wish that like on streaming services, I wish that we would have thought to like label them as demo songs rather okay. than make it seem like it's all one one piece because it's really not and when you listen to it i mean it is there the difference in quality between the two is i mean it's it's huge yeah you can it's yeah but but i i i liked it without knowing the context behind it as weird as that sounds yeah yeah so i just yeah i don't know what i thought about it like i i didn't think it was a bad thing um i just thought oh that's there's a definite shift in sound here so and that explains it yeah, for sure. Sick. So what other bands should we be checking out both locally to St. Louis and across the board who you think kind of need a bit of a shout out and some love? Oh, man, I am so bad at this. <laughs> I'm the same, um, yeah. <laughs> I always forget. Like, it, I mean, I I always think that I like know going in, but then I'll think like, oh, I forgot to mention this band. Yeah, um, the one the, the one band that we always talk about from St. Louis is uh, there's a band from here called Brute Force. And I think that Brute Force is, in my opinion, I mean, uh, I've I've been around a while. I've seen a lot of bands. That doesn't necessarily make me an authority on bands or anything like that. Yeah. Um, like from the area. But in my opinion, I think they're the one of the best bands to come from our area in a very long time. Uh, they... I think they play a really cool mix of different styles of hardcore that are kind of like in vogue at the time. Like they have, they have like vocally, it kind of sounds like spine, but musically it's like almost got some turnstile style riffs. Yeah. Right. But then like, they also have some, I don't know, they have, they have some like heavy breakdown parts too. Um, they're pretty fast, but they're also kind of groovy. I just really like the mix of what they're putting together. Yeah, that's unreal. Cool. Um, have they got anything out at the moment that you're aware of? I mean, sorry. Yeah, they, 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 yeah they've, they've released something recently. Yeah, they, they put out a tape on Dog Ears Records that's called uh, uh, The Worst of Us. Um, it's really good. You can find it on Bandcamp and on Spotify. I'm pretty sure that if like, you go to our Spotify page, we have a playlist of stuff that we just kind of update every now and then of like things that members of our band are listening to. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we have that in there. Sick. Um, it's really good. Awesome. That's unreal. Um, I guess, look, look, thanks for having a chat. And as, as I mentioned hope, earlier, hopefully um, we need to have a, a longer chat in the new year. Um, yeah, for sure. Let's, I guess, let's p- pick a song that um, you think that would be a perfect representation of um of time and pressure in 2019 off the gateway sound 
Um, I'm going to pick the first track. It's yeah. called Number 75. Uh, that's my favorite song on the record. It's actually like one of the very first that we wrote for the record. Okay. And uh, it's, I mean, the, I wrote the lyrics to it like five, four or five years ago, something like that. Uh, and they just never got used for anything. So I was really happy when I got to, to use them for this record. Yeah. Um, but I think that it's, uh, I think that it's just a very nice little package of everything that we do. It's fast. It's got cool, like, uh, sing along parts. There's some, you know, some mosh parts in there. Uh, I am a big fan of the lyrics. Um, and there's some, you know, other like little melodic guitar parts in there, which I'm always a fan of. So with me on the line, I've got Tully Mansfield from a bunch of bands, I'm sure, but um, you know, most most currently uh, would be Histamine, Sydney's very own Histamine. How you doing, mate? Good, man. How are you? Good, very good, thank you. So look, let's talk about the uh, the digital EP slash tape that you released this year. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, I guess a uh, four track tape we put out. When did that come out? April, May. My 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 memory's terrible. So I th- um, think but, it was April. <laughs> April. Let's go with April. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, yeah so little four track uh, release. Um, we was very kind of um, uh, Tom and Sarah from Blackwire Records to offer to put that out for us. Um, they've been really good supporters of the band uh, over over the last, uh, I guess, nearly two years since we've been going. Um, sort of a yeah, pull it off the back of. I mean, we did a sort of self recorded demo 
mid last year, uh, and then we sort of rolled that uh, straight into uh, into this one. So yeah. So this one was a proper studio demo, or you still kind of self-recorded it? No. So yeah, no. But I, I I recorded the last one myself, but this one we um, used a, a proper um, proper engineer, uh, my buddy uh, Fletcher Matthews, who's an amazing um, amazing engineer. But he came in and we sort of we just did, we did it in two days, um, just in a rehearsal room. And uh, but yeah, he just worked his magic on it, and you know, basically took his. Uh, uh, big fancy studio skills and uh applied some uh some punk rockness to it and uh yeah we just sort of knocked knocked it out and you know it kind of worked for the vibe we've always liked a little bit of a lo-fi kind of vibe to it anyway so we were trying to get that balance between uh that sort of lo-fi edge you know faux-fi if you will um yeah. lo-fi lo edge but still sounding kind of hard and punchy and and uh you know make sure you can he hear what's going on yeah. It's, yeah, what kind of amp? Are you, this is going to sound like a weird question, but mm. um, we're both gear nerds of sorts. Um, what kind of amp are you using on this one? Because it doesn't have a traditional. Well, no, it doesn't have a distinctive sound. Like it's there's something going on with it. When I listen to it, I think this isn't just a you know obviously that's not the kind of the amp you use, but it's not like a Les Paul or something a typical humbucker guitar into a eight hundred or a nine hundred. Like what are you using on this? So it's well. So uh, amp-wise, I've got uh, an old '70s Music Man head, a HD one thirty. Um, so like really like pretty clean and bright and chimey. Uh, and then yeah. I'm you know stacking some some gain onto that um, uh, harmonic percolator uh, fuzz sort of pedal and a boost just to kind of uh, bring that bring that up. And then guitar-wise, I'm using an, uh, an EGC, uh, which is aluminium neck as well. So that just gives I guess a adds to that sort of chimey harmonic resonance um, across it. So yeah, I, I like, I like sort of, I've always liked the idea of doing, you know, uh, I guess a hardcore record with a, a non-traditional hardcore guitar sound just to, I don't know, just to be objectionable and annoying, I suppose. Yeah. Cause it, like I wouldn't call it objectionable and annoying, but I, it's, I think it's pulled off really well. Like, again, it doesn't just sound like, standard guitar and just standard amp and then off you go kind of thing it's really yeah it's really impressive how you've kind of created a created a new sound or like a unique sound but still yeah. made it kind of yeah like in the in the like not far from the genre that you're trying to that you're going for yeah i guess i liked i mean the the guitar tone is probably similar to the i don't know i guess the 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 idea of the the band in general, I suppose, which is, you know, sort of balancing on that knife edge between sort of that, you know, lo-fi, you know, you know, there's a little bit of chorus on the guitar and a little bit of, you know, reverb and tremolo and just some things to kind of, you know, thicken it out and, and give it a little bit of, little bit of vibe and sort of just but, but walking that knife edge between that lo-fi thing and then that sort of more traditional kind of hard sounding guitar for want of a better word. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sick. So let's talk about some influences that you've kind of. What, what were you guys drawing from? Um, I guess it, as the band in the band's inception, but you yeah. know where you are now as well. Yeah. So I mean, when when this when we started this band, I guess I think it was the beginning of last year. Uh, this is me and um, AJ, uh, the vocalist. This is like our I don't know fifth band together or something yeah. <laughs> you know not all of not all of which have, uh, have have made it out of the rehearsal room but we just sort of you know keep doing bands and anytime a, a band wraps up 
you know, we're, we're messaging the next day. Hey, cool. So what's the next band going to sound like? Yeah. Uh, Who have we got next? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What 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 haven't we done? What are we into at the moment? What what are we like? So, I mean, yeah, we came straight out of the back of our last band, which was a little bit of a different vibe. Um, and I guess at the time, you know, we were listening to uh, AJ particularly, like put me was putting me onto a lot of this sort of stuff, uh, like bands like Exit Order, uh, Impalers, Warthog. Um, uh, Blazing Eye, sort of a lot of those bands doing that kind of, yeah, I, I suppose more lo-fi, you know, lots of, you know, thick kind of chorus effects on the guitars, um, you know, yeah, hardcore, but leaning into this, this real kind of stiff lo-fi punk feel at the same time. So those were sort of the in, initial touchstones, I guess. And we go, oh, you know, we're, we're listening to a lot of this. Maybe we can do something like this. And, but then it's sort of also, you know, pulled in. Uh, I think there's some unavoidable comparisons, maybe to a, a band like the Rival Mob, who were one of my absolute favourites. Um, uh, certainly, uh, this side of the millennium, um, just an, yeah, a phenomenal band. Um, and you know, I wanted there to be riffs, and that was something that I always liked about the Rival Mob. They're like, you know, really good hard riffs. Um, so yeah, that was kind of, it was, so again, it's that, it's that balancing between those kind of, those two sort of worlds that, you know, we sort of like, I probably pull it a little bit more towards that rival mob side maybe. Um, but yeah, that's, that was kind of the, the, the starting idea, but I mean, at the same time, you know, as is always the case, you know, I start a band and go, Oh, let's, let's, you know, rip off this and never good enough to, to do it exactly right so it kind of ends up ends up taking on its own sort of own sort of feel anyway see yeah fantastic and what about have you got like i mean that the the ep came out in april um have you got kind of are you waiting to pull the trigger on to record something more or what's kind of the future got in hold in store sorry yeah so yeah we've got got some uh some new stuff in the works for uh early next year um certainly yeah ex- expect uh something new uh in the in the first half of 2020 um hopefully looking at uh yeah hopefully looking at um, doing a seven inch but uh we'll uh, feed some more info out on that as it uh all kind of firms up but yeah we're, we're kind of in the, the 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 writing phase at the moment and uh getting close to uh hopefully booking in some some recording time and and yeah making some steps on that awesome Fantastic. So I guess like let's wrap it up. Pick a song that um you know, you think is either a good representation of your band or just one of your favorite ones that you do off the off the EP. Just yeah. What are we gonna go with? Um, I'm gonna go with the third track, I think, Pedestrian. That's one of my favorites, and I think it's a good uh probably example of a bit of that sort of push pull um but between styles because it's got, you know, it's definitely got the the, the, the hard kind of, again, to, I mean, it's a reference band like Rival Mob, but, you know, the, that sort of hard mid-paced sort of riff to, to open it and then it just kicks up to, you know, fast-paced and, and you know, uh, a, a bit wilder. So, yeah, I think it's a good kind of, a, a good good balance and it's, it's my favourite track off the EP as well, so...
Alrighty, the next song we're going to go with, or the next release we're going to go with is a band called Berthold City. I think it's pronounced Berthold City, B-E-R-T-H-O-L-D City. Uh, a band named after a font, which isn't very common at all, I'd say, but um, the font was used for a lot of graphic design for, I guess, 80s and 90s hardcore bands. So it's a really interesting, you know, name behind the story. I think it is anyhow. Um they released Midgey a, a seven-inch called What Time Takes. The ma- I guess the main driving force behind the band is um, a gent named Andrew Klein who does all the lyrics and the music. Um, Andrew would be most, I guess, best known for playing in Strife. So, yeah, the song I went for is track three. It's called Beware the Snakes. Um, if you like it, I guess you can stream it or, you know, you'll be able to stream it or whatever, but uh, the seven-inch is actually sold out. They did 400 on a teal which I was lucky enough to snap up, which is um, I was pretty stoked with. And, yeah, so I'm sure something will be coming out this year, but, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Cool. Alrighty, on the line with me at the moment, I've got uh, Sean from Sunny Phil. Well, currently one of Philadelphia's finest, uh, Sunstroke. What's going on, mate? Hey, how are you doing? Very good, very good. So, Sunstroke have as as we're recording this, Sunstroke have just recently released their um their new tw- uh, five track twelve inch EP um, Bloom at Night. Let's talk about it. Um, it it's on uh, New Morality Zine Records. Yes, it is. Fantastic. Four songs, four songs in the cover. The Dag Nasty covers, like the whole EP, I think is fantastic. I think you've done really well with that. Congratulations. Um, and you throw the Dag Nasty cover at the end. What bands, what other bands are you kind of drawing inspiration from uh, as a band or personally for, uh, for this release? Um, so uh, there, there's a long list, but uh, when we were writing this record, uh, I would say... There, there's like three very prominent um, things that were we had in mind while writing it. Yeah. Um, 
the first and and this goes a lot with our guitar playing and everything was uh Husker Du and like Husker Du into Sugar era like if you're familiar with the the Bob Mould cycle uh so that that period between like 85 86 into like 1991 92 of Bob Mould's career um that um and this is one of those things that people can you know believe it or not Cheers for Fears, like Songs from the Big Chair is such a huge, huge influence on a lot of the melodies and um, especially like, uh, you know, our our lead guitar player, that was like one of the things that he consistently was like, you know, uh, you know, he'll be like, there is no such thing as having too many copies of Songs from the Big Chair. So, sorry, before you go on, were a Tears of Fears, like I know them as a you know, as a as a younger kid, watch like hearing them on the radio and that kind of thing. Were they one of those bands that kind of grew up around that DC esque scene that kind of turned into something bigger, or it's it's they had nothing to do with the punk rock movement, but but you but you know members of your band still fell in love with them. Um, nothing to do with like the the punk rock or hardcore thing here. It's just like uh, it's one of those personal taste things with us, like uh. Myself and Ian, we've known each other for about 15 years, and Ian is our uh, like lead guitar player, and uh, we share a lot of similar tastes in music, and Tears of Fears is one of those things. And when we started this band, I mean, the idea was, uh, you know, we're just going to write what we want. Like, uh, so taking cues from things that may be slightly... Um, I think a skew to the rest of people was, was so important to us. Like it, it was like, this is going to seep in and we may be the only ones that can detect it, but like, that's where it's coming from. Like that, that's where a lot of certain melodies are coming from. Um, the guitar playing of Bob Mould and then like um, a lot of the, the use of chorus on, on that Tears for Fears record and a lot of the melodies on there too. I mean, it's just, uh, that's like one of the things that we like to use to try to kind of set ourselves apart. And I don't know if it gets noticed that way or not, but it definitely does to us. So that's kind of where it comes from. It's just personal taste. Unreal. Um, so like listening to the LP that you released last year compared to um, the EPs from this year, how do you, do you think your sound has changed a whole lot? Like, or do you think you're kind of, is it morphing or are you kind of finding more, are you honing your, are you honing the sound in more? Uh, I, I think it's a little bit of both. I think we're, um, we're definitely, I, I feel like, um, I think the sound that it may be distinctly ours is kind of getting more and more there. Uh, I think that, you know, there's certain songs, especially on the LP, some of the early stuff that we had written, you can hear the, you can hear like a very, very stark influence from like certain bands. You could listen to one of the songs and be like, this kind of sounds like it could be an embrace song. Yeah. And um, if it may have not been the intention while writing it, but it certainly can come across that way. And I think that there's, there's a song or two that sounds like, man, this could be a Swiss song or this could be a verbal assault song. 
And I feel like where, where we were at when we were writing this wasn't really, um, I, I don't think after we heard the finished product of some of the songs, it wasn't like that same kind of thing where you could look at it and be like, this sounds like this, this, or this. Um, it, it sounded a little bit more like it, it its own thing. Yeah, that um, but that's internal too. I mean, I don't really know what other people hear. Uh, and it doesn't really bother me either way. I mean, uh, some people seem to like it and that's cool. Uh, that's always cool with us, but we're just trying to do what we like. So, uh, but it's nice to feel, uh, once you take a step back and then come back to it, to be able to hear it and be like, man, I don't, I don't really, I can't pinpoint what this sounds like except for itself. That's unreal. So, um, what, what should, in your opinion? You know, because because this is gonna kind of get um this is gonna be part of like the uh, best of twenty nineteen um, episode. What are some releases from twenty nineteen that you've that kind of been on your radar or th- you think people should be checking out? Cool. So early in the year, um, there's a band from Wilkes Barre, uh, Pennsylvania, called One Step Closer. Oh, they released a, a really really great EP on Triple B Records called uh, From Me to You. Um, we we got a chance to play with them right after it came out and uh that band is just uh they're they're playing with so much electricity right now uh the record's great but getting to see it live is is even more they're young they're touring a lot uh that was one of those first records that kind of came out this year that just immediately immediately hit with me yeah um uh there's a, a handful of singles that that this band from uh they're from somewhere uh some Scandinavian country called Beverly Kills and I really like them um the, it's only like a couple songs that they released this year them and uh there's another I think she's from Norway uh Girl in Red that stuff is really, really good as well. Um, kind of a similar kind of pocket as that Beverly Kills band. If you've ever listened to um, Maktaverskan or uh, or the Sundays, uh, who are both from Sweden and have released stuff on Run for Cover, it's kind of in that lane. Um, the uh, the Abuse of Power record. Uh, that came out this year, I think, is really good. That's also in Triple B. Um, the Magnitude LP that came out, I thought was very, very good. Uh, there's a band from New Jersey that plays like a really fast, almost kind of like not quite DB, but definitely there's there's DB leanings in it. Uh, this band called Misconduct. Uh, they're from Perth Amboy. They're they're one of my uh, favorite bands to uh to not only see but also to, to spend time around they're yeah. from the scene in new jersey that is just uh uh exploding right now and and uh it's a it's a really great place uh, those are just a few that that i really really liked that came out this this year unreal that's fantastic and um i guess before we go what are the plans of 2020 what do you, if you got anything to plug obviously besides the new ep um yeah, just go nuts. Uh, 
so uh, I mean, we got the new EP. We'll we'll be playing shows. Uh, we plan on doing, you know, a couple little runs, uh, maybe like uh, a couple dates here and there. It's not that easy for us to to tour, but uh, we're gonna play a couple of dates out. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, early January we're gonna be having a our record release show here. Uh, the lineup has not been completely finalized, so I can't say it, but uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Cool. And uh, no, I'm excited. So uh, the, the plan is to play out uh, a little bit more than we had previously and uh, continue uh, writing for an LP that we're, we're just kind of like in the, in the early stages of it now. But uh, I think all of us want to write a, write a formal LP so that's what we're doing now that's fantastic so I guess what song do you think best sums up as a mission statement the um, Bloom at Night EP oh man that's hard for uh, for me that's a hard one to answer uh, because uh, I, I I think the title track um, is probably the best way to go yeah. with it because uh, I think it sums up what what I really wanted to, to get across. The idea of this is like it's a cohesive piece that uh, centers around mental health and the idea of that song is that uh, you know, uh, pushing to get through to uh, a better spot and so uh, I would say that that's the best one to, to use to sum it up is uh, give, give yourself a little bit of positivity in, in whatever darkness you got going on. Couldn't have said it better myself. There you go. Thanks for that, mate. Um, as I said, the EP uh, the EP is available from to stream from all the platforms. Um, it's at, the, at as we as we're currently speaking, you can get it um, online from the part of my new morality zines Bandcamp. Um, hopefully, you get so hopefully you all get a copy to pick it up because it's it's fucking great. Oh yeah, yeah, on ours as well. What else? Uh, what else was going on? Oh, you can get it from uh, you can get it from Rev HQ. You can get it from Numerality Zine, like on vinyl. Rev have their own pressing. I saw that. Yes, Rev has it on yellow. They have their exclusive like a hundred copies, and then um, you can get them from Numerality Zine. And uh, there is uh, Assault Records in Europe uh, is going to have uh, well, they have a limited fifty copies. Uh, available for Europeans because shipping is a nightmare right now out right. there. So yeah. you can get them in Europe for a little bit cheaper without having to pay an arm and a leg for shipping. Yeah, so. this yeah, it's 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 it makes it tough down here in Australia as well. We we'll spend you know fifteen dollars on an LP just and then to ship it's eighteen, so it kind of it hurts. But you know it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, the tyranny of, the tyranny of distance. Cool. Thank you very much. Um, and, you know, hopefully we catch up in the new year and do a full episode.
All righty, moving right along. Another band from Philadelphia. Um, this band is called Cross Keys. I played them on an earlier episode, uh, probably a few months back. Can't remember which one it was. Uh, got a monstrous response from people. People seem to really dig it, which is, um, you know, I guess that's all you can ask for. You know, someone to kind of dig it, the more the merrier. But, you know, as long as people dig it, that's all that matters. So the song I went for is the same song because it's still my favourite from the album, although the whole thing's full of bangers. Um, I went with a song called The Ray's Effects. Hope you dig it. Thank you for sticking around so far. Um, hopefully you've dug some of the last eight tracks that you've heard. 
Um, got a couple more left for you. This next one is from a band called Regional Justice Centre. Um, their singer slash drummer Ian Shelton um, does a podcast with Patrick Kinlan from Axe Grind and Drug Church and all the things, you know. If, if you know one, you know them all. Um, so Regional Justice Centre is a band that basically – is it's it's a concept it's a concept band but it, that makes it sound kind of odd um it's a but yeah it's a concept band that kind of dives head f- head first into the american justice system and how it kind of affects both people that are in it directly and i guess the people that are kind of around it uh from you know and have first hand experiences with the people that who are also directly involved in it um the American justice system is something that kind of is completely foreign to me as an Australian, obviously because it's American, but um, our, incarceration rate, our incarceration rates are nothing like what they are in the US, uh, which if you know if, you've, if you listen to the Dave Moten episode, uh, the last episode of, the, of November of the My Age podcast, he, he, he touches on it um, and how fucking insane it is. And I guess this is just another view, um, the Regional Justice Centre, um, releases and as band in general um, kind of shed a bit more light on that as well um, it's just great power violence you know I like it I liked it and that's why it's in the list Last but definitely not least, um, we have a we have a special treat for you. Um, this next band is called Fuck It I Quit. Um, they're from New Jersey. Uh, singer of said band, uh, his name is Tim Shaw. He sang in one of Jersey's finest, Ensign. Um, he is going to be the very first guest of January, well, of 2020 on the My Age podcast. Uh, we recorded a few days ago. Um but I took this kind of snippet, which is, you know, it acts as like a, a little treat for you for making it this far. But also, um, you know, we, we touch on the band Fuck It I Quit, kind of their general mission statement. And then we'll check out a song after it. Um, so I guess it's, you know, once, this, once I finish this, you know, listen to the song and enjoy it. Um, hit me up if you disagree, if you agree, if I miss something. Um, there was a lot of there was there was a lot of releases this year, so um, in the hardcore umbrella, uh, yeah, it was hard to whittle it down to ten. Um, and some people will completely agree, and some people won't agree, and that's fine. And you know, it is what it is. Um, again, thank you for making it this far. Next week we'll do the mixed bag, 
And then, yeah, this coming up is a snippet from the first episode of January 2020 with uh, Tim Shaw from Ensign and Fuck It, I Quit. Cool. Actually, one more thing. Sorry. Um, I mentioned in the in the interview um, that the latest Fuck It, I Quit release is called In the Shadow of Extinction. It's actually the raw ritual. So don't at me because I won't read it. Cool. So let can we, like let's quickly talk about um in the shadow of extinction. So I heard someone describe it recently as like that is fuck it I quit and sect are what straight edge in 2019 is. What's your take on actually this is hasn't got a, it, the only reason it's got a lot to do with fuck it I quit is because of the actual content and message. But like what's your take on the way veganism has kind of exploded exploded part of me in the last you know two or three years where it's now where like big business yeah. is now involved in that kind of thing. Like do you, is it a double-edged sword or is it nothing but positivity or what's your take on that? Um, well, it's sort of like, it, it's sort of like, so it'd be two things, right? If you're talking about from the fuck it, I quit from the perspective of the band and the lyrical content of the record. Um, fuck it, I quit is lyrically, when we're talking about we're we're talking more about the animal rights end of things than the vegan end of things. So it's it's sort of more on the the militant end of supporting direct action uh, in support of animal rights, and then sort of this political activist stance. Now, me the individual looking at the explosion of veganism, like. I think I think it's inevitable that big corporations are going to get involved with something that's making money. So there's there's an inability to to stop that. Now as an individual, you have the choice of what companies you're you're going to support, right? So so to me, um like the impossible corporation and beyond and sort of like these other companies that like make vegan products that have been bought up by like, you know, bigger conglomerates. I'm as a vegan of, you know, many, 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 many years. I'm super excited to see the, although the word plant-based bothers me because I think it's a cop out. I'm like, just it's, it's vegan. It just, but they don't, it's not, Plant-based is an easier marketing tool Absolutely for yeah. the average person. Because vegans already so, got that that inbuilt connotation of you eat lettuce. Yeah, yeah. Completely. Completely. So the idea of of plant-based um, being sort of like in the lexicon, like just average, everybody knows now, like you can't go buy a Dunkin' Donuts, like that's our crappy donut shop yeah. here. Like you can't go buy one that there's not a giant sign that says, Try our new plant-based breakfast sandwich yeah. with impossible beyond in it, right? I'm not – I'm never going to be angry that there's those options available uh, because it means that there's a shift. Yeah. Now, am I going to run off to Burger King and have the impossible Whopper? No, I don't really give a shit, yeah. but th- it, it's not for me. They're not, these companies aren't making these products for people who have been vegan for 30 years. Yeah, who've gotten by without it already. Right. And so 
you know, you can choose, like, you know, look at who your parent company is. Like, what, you know, what Tyson, who's like the one of the biggest, uh, you know, uh, manufacturers of, of, of chicken products. Like, they're owning some company that's making vegan food, right? You have to choose, am I going to buy this vegan product and put my money back into Tyson? Or am I going to buy a smaller company? Or what am I going to do? Yeah. That's me, the individual. But me, the individual, is my mind is also blown how far uh, veganism has come as we begin to shut out this decade and go into the into 2020. Yeah. I never thought in my life I would I would see the things that are happening now. So in that way, I'm super excited about it. You know, how can you not be? You went from like a niche, tiny little movement to like, like everybody has tried like a Beyond Burger or an Impossible Burger. At yeah, time. just for, out of curiosity, like whether the the, the biggest out of curiosity. Yeah, carnivore. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I know, and 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 I know that like you know Sydney, Newtown, but like there's a there's great vegan food over there. Yeah. Right. So you have the choice. Like you can go. Like when I'm with Pat, uh, we always go to Funky Pies down near Bondi. Fantastic right? option. Yep. Uh, and, and and it's a small like mom and pop shop. Yep. Like you can you can choose to go and have your your small like awesome vegan like pie from there, or you could go to something that's like I can't remember what the name of the vegan burger shop is. It's like a little more corporate. It's like more in downtown Sydney, but you can choose. To oh, go there, but you have Lord of the Flies, Lord of the Fries, Lord, Lord of the Fries. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but you have like the option, right? You can, you can, you know, you can choose. It's not like if you live there, you're like Funky Pies is the only place within a hundred miles that I can get a vegan food, and they're owned by this awful corporation. You've got like, I know in my limited scope of what of that area. I can probably think of 20 like vegan restaurants that you can, or yeah. restaurants that have really good vegan options that you can choose from in that area. So now, you know, in, in, in 2019, it's like the options are like exploding. So you don't have to go to Burger King and have an impossible Whopper if you're a vegan who doesn't want to support that. Yeah. But someone else can walk in and be like, I'm going to try that. And, and maybe it, click the switch and maybe they don't they try meatless mondays who knows what happens from that but i think it's amazing i think it's really amazing to bring it back all around in the most bizarre ways like i've always thought that you know and i completely understand why people detest the idea of a hungry jacks or a dunkin donuts or whatever participating in that but it's yeah to bring it back around in a yeah to bring it full circle it's like dunkin donuts and hungry jacks are like kiss are to sabbath like 100%. It, it opens Gateway. the door. Yeah, it opens the door because, you know, there's some kid in, you know, s- small town, small, you know, small central wherever who doesn't quite feel right about eating animals. But all of a sudden, yeah, Burger King or Hungry Jacks or whatever, you know, that option is now available. And they think, well, fuck, like, I d- th- what other option is there for me? Because I don't have, my town 100%. doesn't have the population of that. So, yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's you know whatever. I've I've learned, or I've tried to learn or remember as I get older, like whatever. Whether it's like 
educating people about animal rights through the through the sanctuary or through yoga, like or veganism, like whatever gets someone's foot in the door so that they can have the switch go off in their own head. It's like anything. It's like music. It's like punk rock. Like I needed that suicidal tendencies record to flip that switch in my head to say, fuck, this is it. Like, this is the game changer for me. Maybe like you said, somebody like has goes to one of these chain restaurants and has that, that burger. And they're like, this is it. This is like where I start my journey into like, you know, changing my diet. And, and you've got to like allow people like the space to find it on their own so the more that you, you know, the more you can put out there, the 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 more opportunity you have for people to 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 change their mind about things. Just like if I hadn't had the radio station, I mean, what would have happened if I didn't have access to that wealth of music that the DJs were playing? Like, how long would it have taken me to find those bands, and would I have found those? Yeah, bands? well, that's that's the exact you thought. Know? Yeah, would you have found it? Would you have yeah eventually come across it, or would you have? Or, or yeah, or who knows? Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe at that, maybe if you don't find it at a certain point, you're just like you just sort of lose interest. I I know people who like music, but they're not obsessed with it. Like, like there's not a hardcore person on the planet I know that like a life or hardcore person who isn't obsessed with music. Yeah, right. I know people who like music, but it's not like a it's not like a mainstay in their life. It's like yeah, you know, music's all right. Yeah, and I look at them, I'm like, what sick. It's like music is like one of the only things. It's yeah, it's the only you thing. know. Yeah, yeah. So it, unless it's like let's spruik spruik whatever. How do people come across? Fuck it, I quit. Um. Well, we've got our band camp. Yep. So they can look at the fuck it, I quit band camp. We just put out uh, an LP called War Ritual, and that's on in the states. It's on Atomic Action, and in Europe, it's on Refuse Records. And I don't know. I don't. I. All I really know is like what Graham brings into Resist, so yeah. I would imagine he would probably bring it in on Atomic Action. Um, I'm really like, I mean, I, I hate to like, you know, talk well of like my own records, but uh, look, if, it, you, if you're not going, easily, in, then who else will? You, you've got to love it first. I guess yeah, it, it, it's easily the the my favorite out of anything musically I've ever been involved in. War Ritual is my most favorite. Thing I've ever been a part of. I mean, I I listen to it. It's weird. I listen to it on the regular, and that's really weird because I normally don't listen to anything that I've recorded vocals on more than like a handful of times. Well, 